Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, let's dig into the Bible this morning, reading from uh, the epistles of the New Testament. First of all, from the book of Hebrews. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then these words from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the first letter beginning in chapter 9, verse 24, where he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And then these words from the Apostle Paul to his uh, uh, young protege, Second uh, Timothy 4, 6-8, Paul says, I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Amen. Well, isn't it great to be a Seahawks fan? While all the sports world is talking about deflated footballs, we here are talking and celebrating one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Who would have thought it? For all intents and purposes, it looked like the plane was going down. Some fans at the game actually left the game early. And some of you may have turned off your television sets, (laughs) discouraged and in despair. But as we found out, there was absolutely no quit in this team, even when being down 19 to 7 with three minutes left in the game. Now, for you non-sports, non-football people, please pardon my football talk. There is a life lesson here, I promise. (laughs) But we got to think about what transpired here. Yes, we must review it one more time. (laughs) With the Packers ahead, 19 to 7, and the Seattle offense stymied for three and a half quarters, 
The Packers on the sidelines were visibly celebrating, especially after the fourth interception with five minutes to go. But as it turns out, if you're watching the game, the Packer who intercepted that last interception voluntarily chose to fall down with it rather than continuing to run up the field to, so that the, their team could eat up the clock and have another opportunity to score. The Packers had quit early. But even after four interceptions and a fumble, the Seahawks refused to quit. It took a miracle. Everything had to fall into place, and lo and behold, they won the game. They refused to quit, and their, their refusal to quit actually put them in a position to receive the blessings and the breaks when everything to that point had all gone wrong. To make it happen, they had to keep believing. They had to finish strong. And after the game, if you remember, after the game, quarterback Russell Wilson was in tears, you know, exhausted, full of emotion. And the first and the last thing that he said was to give glory to God. God is so good all the time, he said. I thank God for this opportunity and to play with these guys. And uh, I've got to admire that because for him, you know, it's really authentic and it's really sincere. And obviously, God doesn't care who wins the game. Russell Wilson knows that. But at that moment of one of the highlights of his life, the moment of victory, He's willing to thank God for the gifts, for the talents, and for the opportunities that God had given him. And I, I think that's just a beautiful thing, and to do it so sincerely. He would have thanked God even if he had lost. Certainly, there is no quit in Russell Wilson. He kept believing in himself, and he kept believing in his teammates. He didn't give up on his wide receiver, Jerome Curse, though Curse's miscues had led to, helped lead to four interceptions. And as it turns out, Curse uh, caught the game-winning touchdown. Wilson didn't give up on his receiver. He knew that he would come through in the clutch, as he had done many times before. So the odds were totally against them, you know, 100 to 1, maybe more than that. But the Seahawks kept pressing on, and in the end, they won the prize, right? The NFC Championship. So how awesome is that? That's how I want to run my race, the race of life. I want to finish, and I want to finish well. But how many times are we faced with some great difficulty or some obstacle, some hardship, and we are tempted to quit? How many times have we embarked upon some new project or some new adventure, and then having found it difficult, just want to throw up on our, our hands and say, I've had it, can't do this, I'm done. It's true in so many areas of life. We begin a diet plan, find the regime too hard, and we quit. Finishing school is a hassle, so we bail out. Cultivating a close relationship is painful, and so we back off. Working through conflicts in a marriage is a tiring struggle, so we walk away. Sticking with an occupation is tough, and so we start looking elsewhere. It seems we have no trouble starting things, but we have trouble finishing them. It seems that we're all start and no finish. 
Charles Swindoll, in one of his books, makes an astute observation. He says, not enough is said about finishing well. Lots and lots of material is available on motivation to get started, creative ways to spark initiative. Plenty of advice is floating around on setting goals, establishing priorities, developing a game plan. All of it is insightful and needed. Getting off the dime is often a Herculean task. Starting well is plan A, no doubt about it. But then he says, but let's hear it for the opposite end for a change. Let's extol the virtues of sticking with something until it's done, of hanging tough when the excitement and fun fade into discipline and guts. You know, being just as determined eight minutes into the fourth quarter as at the kickoff, not losing heart even though the project has lost its appeal and difficulties arise. Years ago, during the Olympics in Mexico City, the last runner to uh, cross the finish line at the, at the uh, marathon was a man by the name of John Stuart Aquari of Tanzania. And during the race, he had badly injured himself. He took a, a bad spill. He was all bloodied. He was, he was you know, bloody, and his, his injury left him limping. But undaunted, he kept going forward, sometimes barely able to move one leg over the other. Meanwhile, all the other runners in the marathon had long passed him up. And it got to be about 7 p.m., getting dark. Uh, the stadium still had a few people in it, I guess about 7,000 people. And uh, they were there when he came straggling in, bone-weary and exhausted. And so as he entered and as he was about to go through his last lap, finish the marathon, the crowd rose and gave him a standing ovation, amazed as they were by this man's courage and fortitude. And later he was asked, well, you know, given all that you had gone through, how you injured yourself, you know, why didn't you just quit? And he gave the classic answer, he said, my country did not send me 7,000 miles around the world to start the race, but to finish it. There's an old saying, many have a good beginning, few have a good ending. When all is said and done, it's not how you look in the starting blocks, it's whether you have made it cross the finish line. It's this quality of perseverance that is often in short supply. There is a real virtue in sticking with something until the job is done, of enduring to the very end and finishing what we start. Perseverance and endurance, sticking with something until the finish, are qualities that are crucial to living the Christian life. Because as any Christian knows who takes his or her faith seriously, they know how difficult the life can be. It's difficult to live the life to which Christ has called us. It's not easy. He calls us to the highest moral and personal standards, goodness that exceeds even that of the scribes and the Pharisees. He calls us to a life of love and servanthood, and that's not always easy in this look-out-for-yourself, dog-eat-dog world. It's not easy being a Christian in today's business world where it's so tempting to want to cut some ethical corners to get ahead and to make a profit. 
Not easy to stay true to your principles. Not easy caring for your neighbor who gives you so little in return. It's not easy loving your enemy. It's not easy standing up for your convictions when others oppose you. It's not easy living the Christian life when everything is telling you, everybody's telling you to look out for yourself, get power, get money, live the good life. It's not easy dying to your selfish passions and desires. Not easy hanging on and to, uh, to, to your life of prayer when answers don't seem forthcoming. Not easy hanging on in faith when troubles seem to overwhelm and you seem to be backed into a corner. No way out. The Christian life is difficult. Nobody said it would be easy. Come on, face it. Obeying Jesus is not always joyful, right? Sometimes it just takes guts. Takes courage. Difficulties will come. The Christian life involves strong faith. Self-sacrifice involves a long, painstaking process of personal growth into the likeness of Christ. And the temptation, therefore, is always for you and for me to quit. You know what? It'd be so much easier to be a pagan and not have to worry about anything. Just live for yourself. It's easy to quit. Many people will make a decision for Christ. Oh, Lord, I'll give my life for you. And they do it with great enthusiasm. And then life gets hard. Maybe they don't get what they think they're entitled to, and so they just kind of give up on it. it. Happens time and again, actually. That's why Jesus said that it's important to count the cost of discipleship before you enter it. The Apostle Paul, in one of his last letters, uh, likens the Christian life to running a race. I'm sure the Apostle Paul would have used the analogy of a football game. Uh, but American football, of course, was not invented then. But he thinks of the Olympic races, I'm sure. The, Olympic, the Olympics that started in Athens. Paul would have known about that. And he's thinking about the Christian life not so much as a sprint, a 100-yard dash, but like it's a marathon, a grueling, difficult course. To run it takes hard work, discipline above all, perseverance. But the important thing, says the Apostle Paul, is to finish the course. No matter how many times you stumble, no matter how many times you fail, no matter what obstacles are placed in your way, the important thing is to finish the course. The Christian life is not just a quick sprint through life, nor is it a competition to outrun or outdo everybody else, but instead it's a commitment to keep on running even when it's hard. To run all the way to the finish line, to become all that God wants us to be, to realize His purpose for our lives, we just have to keep running. Keep going for it. It's not how you look in the starting blocks. It's whether you've made it across the finish line. And so Paul, in writing to Timothy, at the very end of his life, who overcame so many obstacles and difficulties in the course of his life, I mean stonings and whippings and shipwrecks and church fights and hostile opposition and so on, he could look back and he could say of himself, and again in writing to Timothy, with a certain amount of pride and joy, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul finished what he had started. So too must you and I. 
though many times, as I say, sometimes we're just tempted to quit because it gets difficult. The Apostle Paul won the victor's crown, crossed the finish line. And to young Timothy, who was taking over the reins of leadership in the early church and who was in for a lot of trouble and heartache, Paul writes, Be steady, Timothy. Endure suffering. Fulfill your ministry. My son, there will be times when you will find it very difficult indeed. There will be hardships, obstacles galore. But I tell you, Timothy, press on. Hang in there. Follow my example. Finish the race. Keep the faith. You too will win the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will award on that day. And Timothy, you will find it worth it in the end. And he says the same thing to you and to me. So what's our battle? Where, where are the places where we struggle? Have we become weary in well-doing? Are we discouraged in our Christian life and are we tempted just to dump the whole thing? Hang in there. Don't give up. Finish the course. Persevere. So then where do you and I find that quality of perseverance? Well, I think the key is in Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2. You've heard these verses before. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, you think of the stadium, don't you? The, the communion of saints all cheering us on. Since we're surrounded by all these fans, lay aside all that entangles us, all that distracts us, and let us run the race, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So if we're going to have perseverance in our Christian life, we're going to keep on keeping on, then we have to get rid, ourselves, get rid of some of the distractions that are keeping us from running the race properly. One commentator, David Hubbard, puts it this way. He says, the idea is clear. There are lots of distractions as we run. Bypaths beckon us. False goals attract us. Competition discourages us. Opposition causes us to falter. Jesus, however, a tried and trusted leader who blazed a trail of faith by his own obedience and perseverance and who finished the course in a blaze of glory is both our guide and goal. We look away from everything else to him if we want to run well. Lay aside those distractions and there are so many distractions. Keep your eyes on Jesus who ran the race. That's the key. And we will undoubtedly stumble and fall. But if we keep our eyes on him, we will finish the course and we too will win the victor's crown. But we got to hang in there. 
Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, says Hebrews, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Our Lord never gave up in the face of tremendous suffering. And when he was on the cross, after all that suffering, he said, it is finished. It's not a cry of despair, it's a cry of victory. I did it. I crossed the finish line. My mission is complete. Our Lord never gave up, and we who are called by his name are are also not to give up. But most importantly, if you and I are going to run this race, this marathon that we're in, we're going to finish well in this life, then we have to rely on the power of God. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians, he says, this is my work and I can do it only because Christ's mighty energy is at work within me. When God guides, he provides. What God calls us to do, he equips us. God can take whatever we have, our resources, spiritual gifts, talents, skills, and opportunity. He can use it to glorify himself and grow his kingdom. But we have to rely on God. I think of another story from the Olympics, this time from the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona, Spain. As the gun sounded for the 400-meter race, Great Britain's Derek Redmond knew that his lifelong dream of getting a gold medal in the Olympics was in view. I think he was uh, one of of the favored runners. It was in view. But very tragically, as he entered into the backstretch, he felt this intense pain. He staggered away, a torn hamstring. But by an act of sheer will, he, he somehow... After falling on the ground, he somehow got to his feet and he began to move towards the finish line in great pain. And basically, he was just hopping to the finish line. And suddenly, Derek's father bounded out of the stands, past a security guard, and he went to his son and he threw his arms around his son. And in a voice choked with emotion, he whispered, Come on, son, let's finish together. And the crowd cheered and wept as they watched a father propel his wounded son jerkily down the stretch and across the finish line. Our race as a Christian is much like Derek Redmond's Olympic race trying to live our Christian lives and realize our life's purpose in our own human strength is exhausting. And our struggles may even put us flat on our face. Let's face it, life can be very difficult. There will be times when we will find it almost impossible to keep on going. But God is not far off in some distant stand or stadium somewhere watching us watching us fail and falter. Our God wants us to finish, uh, to reach the finish line. 
So he brings the power of the Father's love into our struggles and enables us to finish, if only we would let him. If we're going to finish this race, we have to rely on the power and the strength and the love of God. And so you and I need to claim that promise, the promise of his help and support. And I think of the scripture that says, God who began the good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his task within you is finally finished. Believe it to be true. We do not live this life alone. But we have one who comes alongside of us and says, come on, let's finish this race together. You can do it. Be steady. Endure hardship. Keep the faith. Finish the race. And for some of us, that means getting back in the race. For some of us, it means starting the race today. But the question is, what's holding us back? What's distracting us? Will you and I come to the end of our lives and be able to stand before the Savior saying, I finished the race, Lord. I did what you put me on earth to do. I wasn't just a selfish little clod. I gave my life away. I served other people in your name. I made a difference for you in this life. It wasn't all about me. I did what you put me here on earth to do. And then having finished, what joy to hear the words of the Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Man, don't we want to hear those words? Well done, good and faithful servant. You finished the race. You finished your race, the race I gave you. Good job. Let's pray. Dear God, I realize that you made me for a purpose and that you have a race for me to run. Please help me to focus on the finish line and finish well so as to please you, Lord. Make the rest of my life count. Forgive me for all those times I've gotten distracted. Help me to stay strong and true for you. Help me to rely on your power to overcome hurdles and obstacles and long odds and do what you want me to accomplish with my life. Most of all, help me to remember how much you love me. Amen.